Hi, this is Brad Harris, host of the Legacy Mindset Podcast. Thank you for joining us. What is Legacy Mindset? You see, most people are trying to go from survival to success without ever thinking of the next level, which is significance or your legacy. So in this podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to go through those three levels. We're going to talk about the three mindsets to get you to that pinnacle, which is significance or your legacy. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you could share this podcast with either your friends or your family or post it on social media, that would be greatly appreciated. And that's how we can get the word out. Okay, great. Now let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the Legacy Mindset Podcast. Of course, I'm Brad Harris, your host. Super, super, super excited about our guest today. So I'm, I want you guys to get your notepads out. I want you guys to get really get seated. If you're driving, let's pull over. Okay, let's pull over. Okay, let's uh, let's get really listening to this, um, guys. What you're about ready to have? You're just you're going to get the goods and. Um, really excited. I've seen this person in my business. Of course, in my business, you guys all know a lot of you guys are in business with me. And of course, he was part of our business for many years. And he'll share with you his story. He's retired from that. But um, but he's just such a such a um, person that I admired from afar, from stage and everything. Uh, we're going to have on today, Joseph McClendon III. Okay, and I'm going to read, let me read this bio, guys. So let's just listen to this bio of this, of this gentleman that we're bringing on here. He's a performance specialist in the world. In the world, His unique techniques rapidly trigger the personal change that affects, effectively moves you to take more consistent action and go further, faster with your personal and business achievement. Joseph have delivered hundreds of workshops, coaching sessions, keynote addresses, seminars, training programs, one-on-one, by the way, I want to talk to him a lot about this, one-on-one therapeutic interventions. That, that totally fascinates me, Joseph. And has presented to well over 3 million people around the globe. Joseph taught at UCLA for seven years, is frequently called upon to lecture at other learning institutions such as Harvard University, many Fortune 500 companies in the United States as well as across Europe and Australia. Joseph is also partnered with world-renowned life coach Tony Robbins for over 30 years. Now, guys, he's, he must have started when he was five because he looks 35. Okay, for over 30 years, you may have seen them train together at Robbins Conferences, Unleash the Power Within, Joseph's had several uh, best-selling books, including two co-authored with Tony Robbins, and has shared the stage with him for nearly three decades. Joseph has a mission of making you bold in your ability to achieve the life you desire and to help you go further, faster now. We have him on today from New New Beach, California, my good friend. Okay, Joseph McClendon III. Joseph, how you doing, buddy? Brad, I could not be doing better, especially with that kind of intro. It hindered my day a bit because now it's going to be hard to get out of my house with my head swollen up. So <laughs> it's, it's totally, it's like, well, Joseph, and, and it's like, and, you know, we, we've known each other for a while. And so um, yes. you've done, you know, they actually came in the member when you, I don't remember if you, when you came to Vegas and did our, did yeah. our training with us, with Dan and. And um, it's just been a pleasure. I mean, you're just, you're a gift. You're a gift. And um, we, we appreciate you. And, and I asked Joseph to be on with me and he, he didn't even hesitate. He just like, I'm in what, what day let's put it on the calendar. And so, so it's kind of digging, Joseph, kind of get yourself introduced. I gave you that big old bio, but now you can tell me the real stuff, right? And so, <laughs> let's stay with but, that because it's a lot more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. well, I wanted you to share with the, you know, how you got started, just get them, get them introduced to you, who you are. Well, uh, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on, on your program here. Uh, I, as you said, when, um, when you asked me, actually our friend Paula asked me, I said, well, absolutely, of course. I've always admired you, always admired your accomplishment in the lives that you've touched as well. And, you know, on the tail end of that, 
uh, those accolades that you gave me, and thank you so much. Um, I gotta say uh, two things. Number one, um, I wouldn't be who I am and would not have been able to achieve what I've achieved and touch the lives that I've touched uh, in, unless somebody had done it to me, hadn't done it to me. Um, and that was when I was, uh, when I was 17 and a half years old, three grown men tried to take my life because of the color of my skin. Wow. And um, it devastated me. It, it literally destroyed me. And, and I say that without exaggeration because I almost destroyed myself. I was suicidal. Um, I became homeless um, and bitter and, and just could not have a future. And what changed, and I, and I actually wound up living in a cardboard box in an old drive-in theater uh, in Lancaster, California. And what changed my life, Brad, was, was uh, somebody that I, that, that I didn't know, and they didn't know me, just somebody that was kind, gave me a book called Think and Grow Rich. Wow. And he gave me the book and he, he was pretty hard on me, to be honest with you. He, he, he insisted that I read the book and I begrudgingly read the book. But once I started reading it, I started getting enthralled in it because it was the first time in my life. Well, since that, because I had a great upbringing, I had great parents. Uh, but it was the first time that I realized that I could do something not only about my station in life, but my, how I felt about myself, other people in the world around me. And I read the book and I, I always tell people I did the exercises in the book because a lot of people read the book, but you know, I did it religiously and my life changed. And long story short, um, when I went back to the gentleman that gave me the book and I asked him, you know, how do I repay you? You've changed my life. What he said to me, he said, Joseph, you, you repay me by doing the same thing that I've done for you in whatever way that you can for the rest of your life. And I got to be honest, Brad, in the very beginning, I didn't take it that seriously. But as I got going on, I realized that 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 is my calling. And that's why I do what I do. Wow. Well, and that's at 17 and a half. So you've been doing this. I mean, I don't know if you mind telling. I mean, that's what that's over 50 years. I mean, almost 50 years. But what you've been doing this, it's just amazing, Joseph. And so, okay, so Joseph, you you start that you, you, that, that puts you on your path, which is really interesting. It's like how things happen to your life. Cause I read the other day, Joseph, to people talking about, maybe it was even Tony Robbins. I was listening to him talking about the tragedy in his life took him in his direction. So if he mm -hmm. doesn't maybe have that tragedy, he doesn't go in that direction. And yes. Yes. And, and no. Story is yours. Um, I mean, yeah. It, it is. It is. There are many trigger points. Some people, it takes tragedy. Some people, it takes, you know, an aha moment that they had some sort of a, a pleasure or recognition or something, because both of those, those elements will take us in a direction, pleasure or pain. And they can take us in any direction. Pain can make us go further into pain and more destructive. Mm. And pleasure can make us destructive and vice versa. So, um, it is, I don't like to say that it's, it, it is fate or the luck of the draw. It is oftentimes the intent of the uh, administrator of either that pain or, the, or pleasure, the teacher. Because one, we can always create a situation for people. We can create um, a, um, let's just say an environment that fosters people to go forward versus an envir environment that fosters them to go backwards. And so in my case, this person, his intent was to make a difference in my life. And that's the way I, I try to live my life. And I know you do as well, yeah. is that our intent is, is not the money. It's not the fame. It's not the, 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 the uh, accolades or anything like that. It is the fact that we get filled up by helping other people. Wow. Well, that's, that's a, such a good point when you're talking about, because you see people who have alcoholics dads and that takes them down a bad path or yeah. it makes them. It's like the same, you know, even to two brothers and they go two different ways. Yeah, no which, doubt. What you're just saying there. So that's, that's, that's so good. So good. Well, talk to me about, okay. So I, I know I'm looking at you right now. So I'm going to talk to somebody I know you have a passion for. I'm looking at some of your bases behind you and your music. <laughs> you guys could see this. You could see this. So if you guys don't know, Joseph has a huge passion for music. So talk about that. And maybe how does, does that play into your story a little bit? Talk about well, that. It, it does because that, that has had always been the second carrot on the stick for me. And I, and I believe that we, that is one way of get, not motivation. I don't believe so much in motivation. I think motivation will get us off the dime. Motivation will get us to do something, whether, like I said, whether it's pain or whether it's pleasure, that'll get us going. But what keeps us going 
is pleasure. So the caridomus did. And for me, Brad, I was raised in a musical family uh, and I've always had a passion for that. But when I lost everything and when I was homeless, that was the furthest thing away. And so I wanted to, uh, you know, I realized that I wanted to get back to that. And this was in the 70s. Wow. (laughs) I wanted to uh, create, I wanted to get a recording contract. Okay. Again, so this is late 70s. Uh, and then in the 80s, um, well, I started, I, I, and along with this, by the way, I'm jumping around a bit, and I apologize. My father, you know, God rest his soul, his, his biggest thing was education. You've got to get your education. Uh, because he grew up, he didn't get his college education. He didn't get his high school education. He joined the Air Force. And his thing was, you know, you got to go to school. And, and, and so I did. And I stayed in school and I put myself through college as a dental technician. Wow. And during that, though, I still had this burning passion to play music. And I remember one day, Brad, and this was like a pivotal point in my life. Um, I realized that um, I was at my wits end. I was working eight hours a day as a dental technician. I was going to school another eight hours a day. And then I was practicing like three or four hours a day with my bands and everything. So there was nothing left. Plus I was trying to have a relationship with my girlfriend. There was nothing left. And um, I, all the money that I had was spent. And so I said, okay, well, what can I do? And I literally went out and this, I'm going to tell you, this is part of my secret weapon through, through life. Now Um, I went out and I collected enough. I'm going to date myself coke bottles back in the day <laughs> to buy a uh an admission into uh robert allen he was one of those first guys back in the early 80s teaching yeah. people how to flip houses wow yeah and i went wow. to his seminar uh and uh he taught us how to buy houses for no money down and i'll never forget this at the end of the class he said listen there are five no there are 300 of you in this room and he said, out of, uh, he says, out of this 300, only 10 of you are actually going to buy a house because the rest of you are going to get caught up in the paralysis of analysis. And then he said, out of that 10, two of, no, he said, out of that 10, maybe two of you are going to buy another house. And he said, out of that two, one of you is going to go on and, and you know, do this and, and make a difference. And so when he said that to me, I had a secret weapon. And my secret weapon was what I learned in Think and Grow Rich. And I, you know, I now call it the 60-20-20 rule. I'll tell you about that here in a second. But I knew how to, uh, A, as I said, not motivate myself, but get my, set up a pull for myself. And very long story short, um, I went out and I bought 26 houses in less wow. than a year and a half's time. Wow. And, um, and it was at that stage that I realized, hey, I'm on to something here. But remember when we were saying earlier, money's, it wasn't the object. That didn't make me happy. Because yeah. I had the money, I was able to uh, quit my job, um, and I did. Um, you know, I'm, I'm packing this in a real short story, but I, I quit my job, and then I wanted to play music. But then I, then I wanted to get a recording contract. But then I realized the amount of people that succeed in music minuscule. The amount of people that succeed in real estate minuscule. Uh, but again, I, I have strategies, and so I always say, "Physician, heal thyself, and don't teach theory." <laughs> So uh, again, long story short, um, I did. I got a recording contract with CBS Records, and this was in 1990. Wow. Uh, um, actually, 1989. Uh, CBS Records made some records, made a bunch of money, and all that stuff and everything. But then my mom got sick. My mom came down with terminal cancer, and I had to take care of her. And um, other things happened as, as well. And um, I left that industry, and that is when I came in direct path with you and you people <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you know, I, uh, I i started doing network marketing and how i did that by the way you know my our dear friend doran oh yeah uh, oh yeah um i also in the meantime i also pursued uh finished my education in uh in psychology you know i got my master's and i was working on my my uh, doctorate but in between there, I opened a practice where I'd help people get over fears and phobias and emotional challenges using something called uh, uh, the neurosciences. And um, and that's when I started working with Tony, Tony Robbins and everything. And um, uh, I became, you know, and I would say that my profession, Brad, is I'm a, I'm a neuropsychologist. 
but my by trade, I'm an ultimate performance specialist, a kind of a high-end life coach. And I came across this guy, his name was Doran, Doran Andre. Doran uh, asked me if I would coach him, I would mentor him. And I'll never forget this. I told him straight up, I go, look, I'm not looking for a friend. If, you, if you're looking to be a friend, that ain't going to happen. I said, you know, here's the, here's the foundation. Here's the, the uh, how we're going we're gonna to do things. Anyway, so I coached him for, uh, well, gosh, this, I'm, I want to say 99 I started coaching him and mentoring him. But one of the things I told him, as I said, look, one of the one of the things that, and it's a deal breaker. If you break this deal, I'm not going to coach anymore. I don't want to hear jack about network marketing, marketing, nothing. Yeah. Because I had what many people still do, stigma about it. And he said, okay. And he he never did. He stuck by what he did. And I and he went, you know, at the time he was earning like a quarter of a million dollars a month. And he got to like 380 in uh, like a year and a half's time and started to move on up the ladder and everything. And, and uh, he would never talk to me about network marketing, but he would always show me his freaking checks. <laughs> classic, classic. Huh? Yeah. And one oh, day yeah, he came yeah. to me, Brad, and he, and I'll never forget this. He goes, look, he said, Joseph, you've always taught me don't teach theory. And I go, yeah. And he, and, he, and he goes, and he says, which means you shouldn't teach somebody what you're not doing yourself. And I go, you're absolutely right. And he said, but Joseph, you're a hypocrite. And I go, excuse me? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, because you're out there and you're doing these keynote speeches to a lot of network marketing companies, but you've never done network marketing. Wow. Wow, Joseph. And yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it was at that place that I said, okay. And there were three reasons that I did it. Number one, I wanted to prove that anybody could do this. Yeah. You know, I, secondly, I wanted to prove it that you could do it part-time. And third, I wanted to prove it that you could, to myself, by the way, yeah. that you could, you could do it and then walk away from it and still get a residual income. And as you know, uh, a matter of fact, I am the proud owner of the, I'm the very first African-American president. Yeah, I was going to think, I was thinking that right there when you, when you're talking, you were like yeah. the first I remember seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I did that in 22 months and it wasn't because I was so popular. It was because I taught and still do teach people on, you know, the foundation of how to, how to conquer and replace our fears with courage and bravery. Yeah. You know, it's like, and Joseph, you not, not only did you 22 months get to our top, you know, what we call our top level, but you coached Doran. I mean, Doran just flourished. I mean, got the chairman's yeah. club, which is a high level on our company and became one of the top, you know, probably top five people in our company. And it was just amazing at that time. So, you know, I mean, like the dual thing, you were able to do it and coach it. That's, that's unique. That's very, that is very unique, Joseph. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I believe this, Brad, and you are such an example of that as well. We share our gifts with other people. Mm -hmm. We don't. Mm -hmm. we, we share what has worked for us and what has worked for the, for other people. The simplicity of it, of how you know, like I said, anybody can do this. And when you get out of your own way, and, and that to me is part part of my secret weapon is being able to get out of our own way. Procrastination, hesitation, fear of failure, fear of success, self-doubt, self-loathing, imposter syndrome, those are the thieves of our dreams. Wow. And when we help people get over those things and get by those things, that's when they change their lives. We don't change their lives. They change their own lives. Just I wrote something down here when you're talking. You said it twice. Okay, you 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 like Brad, it's not the money that drives me. Okay. And I know there's people listening out there, they're going, but I need money. I need money. I need money now. Yeah, okay. Sure. It's like talked about that because you said it twice and you just kind of you went over it. Talk mm -hmm. to them about that because that's a huge concept. The simple way of explaining it is why. You know, we've heard this, you know, our our dear friend and our, our dear mentor for many years, Jim Rohn, would always say, How comes second? And the money comes third, but the why comes first. So if, if, if you want to, whatever it is, make more money, you know, get a better body, better lifestyle, whatever, figure your, not just figure out your reasons why. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Why do, why do people want money? Is it so that they can have, you know, zeros in their account and they can feel proud of it? 
Yeah, some of it, but it's what they can do with the money, you know, buy their mom a house, buy themselves a car that they can have, a live, you know, live stress-free and things like that. And when, so when you figure that out and you go, that's my target. And, and there's, there's processes to go through, as I said, methodology is huge with me that when people figure out that, okay, this is why I'm going to do it, then they go after it. My scenario is this, and this is going to sound silly, but it's just true. If there was a house and everybody, you know, as Brad said, if you're listening to this, please take notes, write down my reason why is number one. And I'm going to tell you what the 60, 20, 20 rule is. And he's, and um, if there's a house and Brad, this house is surrounded by a moat full of water and in okay. the water, are alligators and crocodiles and sharks and piranhas and it's just nasty in there and around the outside of that moat are uh, is a chain link fence with barbed wire and, and it's electric fence if you touch it you die and in the house laying on the bed is uh is uh, a ten dollar bill and i tell you that if you get in you and i are standing outside the fence and i say yeah. if you get in that house you can have that ten dollars would you go and get in the house no absolutely no, not absolutely no, not no. But if I said to you, same house, same situation, but inside the house, the, uh, laying on the bed is the person that you love the most in life, your mother, your father, sister, brother, child, whatever. And that house is on fire. And you and I are standing outside the fence. And I tell you, if you don't get in the house, that person is going to burn to death. Are you going to get in the house? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you have, a strong, you have a strong enough reason why to pull you into the house. You'll, you'll, discard you know so many things and you'll you'll figure a way to make it happen and that concept is is this the concept of the carrot on the stick the reason why and when you get people to embed first off find out what their reason why is okay. help them because it's individual and then show them the process of embedding that into their nervous system that's what makes us get up early stay up late do the extra stuff face the rejection all that stuff that's, 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 that's so good. So good, so good Jason, uh, Joseph. And so it's like, okay, so that that's so good. So you talk about the love and you're like the why. And of course, by the way, you threw Jim Rohn in there. So tell everybody your relationship with Jim Rohn. Cause I know. Yeah. You've, you've I, Jim Rohn was uh, one of my first mentors on, and again, I'm going to date myself on cassette recordings <laughs> first. Uh, Cause I used to listen to him over and over on cassettes. And as a matter of fact, um, and, and I got to know Jim uh, even before I started uh, doing network marketing. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it was part, partially Jim was one of the reasons why I crossed that line, in, in, including when Doran did that to me. Um, I had gone to an extravaganza with Doran. And this was all part of his, his ploy to get me to, uh, to do this. And, uh, and I was backstage with Jim because I told Doran, I go, I'll go, but you know, honestly, I, I, I don't want to sit in the audience. That was just my ego talking. And he goes, no, you don't have to, you can come backstage because he was, he, uh, Doran was going to be presenting uh, one uh, that day. And there was Jim backstage and I didn't know Jim was part of Herbalife. And I go, wow. Jim, I didn't, I didn't know you were going to be speaking today. And he goes, are you kidding me? I've been here for 20 years. And I go, really? <laughs> I go, Jim, why Herbalife? And he goes, you don't know? And I go, no. And he goes, go sit in the audience. Wow. <laughs> so Jim said to go sit in the audience. I went to Saudi. You said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I got my mind blown. But um, so, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, Jim, I, I can't say that we were close, but I but I knew him um, fairly well. And matter of fact, I got to uh, speak at his memorial. Uh, and that cassette that I was telling you about, I yeah. had it with me. I had it with me and I, and I showed everybody, uh, uh, he was, he was an amazing guy still, you know, totally. his teachings totally. changed so many lives. Okay. So Jim, let's talk Jim, about, by the way, Jim, Jim pinned me for a uh, president's team. Matter of wow. fact, he pinned me for presidents and executive presidents. Team. That's wow. No, that's, that's, you know, Jim was, you know, he was a good friend of mine. And I mean, that's, that's a treasure. That's a yeah. treasure. Those memories, all that stuff you have. And I have so many of those myself and, um, you know, I think back, I'm thinking back to that era that you're talking and that's such a beautiful era of our time in, in our business and what we were doing and you're talking about Doran. And so it's just, uh, just amazing. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching style. You, you said a couple words there. You talk about, you know, neuropsychology, neuroscience. So you're really big in that. You're talking a little bit about that. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching style, that, what all that means. Those are big words. Yeah. Okay. Um, and let's, let's, let's chat about that. 
Yeah, I I like simplicity. Okay. I, I, I always, uh, I believe two things. Number one, uh, um, that complicated things are the, the and I, should, I shouldn't say the themes, but, but the thieves, but um, complexity is the enemy of execution. The more complicated things are, people don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I also believe that life is much simpler than we've been led to believe. It truly is. And so I like to make things super, super simple. I created something that I call neuroencoding. And mm-hmm. neuroencoding is, because I have a bunch of certificates. I've got my, my doctorate in neuropsychology. I've got certification in neurolinguistic programming and hypnotherapy and all that stuff. But I liken it to the apps that we have on our phones. I, get, I counted them, and embarrassingly, I have 272 apps on my phone. I don't even, I don't, and, 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 you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir. A lot of people have, but how many of those do you actually use? Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the main apps that I use are all on one page on my phone. And so with all those certs and all those things that I have and all the tools and all the things that I have, I don't use them all. They're all there if I need them. And so I, people ask me all the time, and by the way, that was an old bio that you read because now it's close to 5 million people uh, wow. that I've had the privilege of um, um, uh, being in front of speaking. And, and it's probably 10 times that because I've done a lot of television and stuff like that. But um, my, my point is that um, in all of that stuff, I have a very, I'm going to give it to you in a second, very simple uh, philosophy. And again, it's been my secret weapon. First off, neuroencoding is, is the ability to program ourselves to automatically default to our best behavior. Okay. In other words, if we overeat or we procrastinate or whatever, that's not our best behavior. But uh, neurologically and psychologically, we do those things because we've been conditioned to do that. Some we've done ourselves, some we didn't know that it's happening. And some of them, you know, we, we, we like I said, deliberately did it, but we did it, you know, if somebody drinks, uh, alcohol to excess, or they do drugs, or they overeat, or they do whatever, that's because they, they've been conditioned to do it, and they do it automatically. And so there is a way to interrupt that pattern of the need to do that, even if it's unconscious, and replace it with the need to do something else that serves us. And so there's three pieces of that. I call it the 60-20-20 rule. And if you're listening, okay. get out your pen and write this down. <laughs> I'm writing, Joseph. Let's go. This is the foundation. And it is, you know, we've all heard of the 80-20 rule. 80, yeah. and it's that, that what that is, is it that whatever you want and whatever you do, it's 80% psychology. You know, if you think you can, then you can. And 20% mechanics. That is why people, uh, you know, do really well and have been better than other people that work really hard at it because they believe they can. You know, that's part of it. And we've all heard that. But the question is, how do we get ourselves to believe it? Okay. So I, I'm sure I believe that that's true, but I, I switched it up a little bit. And, and it's been my secret weapon that I say that it's 60% psychology, 60%. That's still the larger piece, but, but nobody really, I shouldn't say nobody. Most people, when you say the word psychology, their brains get scrambled because they don't know what it is, but simply put, psychology are just the constant thoughts or the beliefs that we have about ourselves and about other people and about the world around us. That's it. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. If you believe that you can, if you believe that you're a good person, if you believe that you're, you're powerful and strong, then guess what? That is going to feed this mechanism called our brain, which makes uh, us release chemicals that make us feel a certain way, that make us do certain things. So I always say it's top down. As we think, so we feel. Okay. As we feel, so we do. And as we do, so we have. So if we can cause ourselves to believe that we can do things, and there's strategies and processes and methodologies to do that. You know, I say this, if you come into my office, and you got a fear of dogs, take a guess what's going to be in my office. It's going to be a dog. And it's for a reason, because I'm going to, I'm going to make you fearful. And then I'm going to, and you're not going to know it. 
You're going to walk in there. You're going to be surprised. And I'm going to interrupt that pattern. And I'm going to help you replace that pattern with something so that by the end of that hour, you're not only going to be loving that puppy and holding that puppy, you're going to be excited about going and, and getting a puppy for yourself or going about being another one. So, you've, so done, you've done stuff like this. You've, you've had people come into your office, they have scooter dogs, and you're able to almost not cure that, but in, in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Just that was my specialty. Yeah, that was my specialty. I had uh, just fears and phobias. I had a practice in Los Angeles, and that was my my specialty. Wow. People get over fears, phobias, and emotional challenges. And so, and all it, I shouldn't say all it, you know, to oversimplify it, was change their belief, interrupt their pattern, and change their belief. And okay. then give them something to do so that when they're not in my presence, it continues to geometrically grow, and then they do it. Because I can do a lot in an hour, and I'll get a shift in an hour. That's my guarantee. But then when I leave, I want you, or when you're not around me, you leave, I want you to have something that you continue to do. So it's 60% psychology. Learn the skill of shifting your psychology. And then, and that's what neuroencoding is. And then the skill of helping other people shift theirs. Because, okay. you know, and as, as a leader, the second piece is energy. Energy. The second 20% is energy. So it's 60% psychology, 20% energy. Now, when I say energy, I don't mean get up and go energy. I mean electricity, the electricity okay. that we put off as human beings. Everything on the planet is made of electricity. The smallest, tiniest thing that, you know, when we look at, at uh, molecules and atoms underneath, uh, you know, atomic microscope, here's what we have. Everything is made of electrons, protons, I'm sorry, uh, protons uh, and electrons and neutrons. But electrons are what hold everything together. Electricity, everything is made up that way. And so the more electricity that we have in our bodies, our, our bodies create electricity. Every cell that we have creates, it has something called ATP, adenosine triphosphate, and it's designed to make electricity. And it's electricity that gives us, that makes our muscles move, that makes us do things. The lower the electricity that we have, the lower the energy that we have, the lower the, our ability to do, to take action, to do things. The higher the electricity in any given moment, the higher our ability to do things. It's that simple. And so to teach people, and by the way, our electricity is not just stimulated by the food that we eat, but that top down by our brain, our psychology. If you, if you are excited about something, it's because you're focused on what you want and because you're, you believe that you can get it. You can believe that's going to happen to you. Well, guess what? That sends what? Electricity through our system, makes our brain release dopamine and makes our brain release um, uh, um uh, endorphins and things like that, that make us what? Feel good. If we feel good, that means we've got more electricity. If we feel good, then we'll do more. And if we do more, we have it. It's always think, feel, do, have. But here's the clincher. Here's the real, real secret weapon of all of those things, all of those things in place. The third thing, the other 20% is magnetism. Magnet. Magnetism. And this is the thing. And by the way, this is not the laws of attraction and things like that. That's very real. But the laws of attraction are one of the 21 immutable laws of magnetism. But magnetism says this, the more electricity something has, the more magnetic it becomes. And it is, you know, you think about it, all the way down to physics. And, and, and if you, you know, people are listening, don't take my word for it. Go on YouTube and look up Carillion photography. You'll see that, that our our electromagnetic energy. Oh, oh, Brad, I could go on and on about this. <laughs> no, I love it. Keep going. Keep going, buddy. Grows and shrinks by how we think. Hey, that almost rhymes. <laughs> almost think. It grows by how we think. And what I mean by that is this. There's not a person listening to us right now that, and I'll ask you, have you ever been sitting in your car and yeah. you feel somebody looking at you? Yeah. And you look over and they're looking at you. Yeah. 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 Even next and car to you, even the next car to you. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. through the windows, through all yeah. that stuff. Through all that or stuff. Yeah. Have you ever looked at somebody, maybe an attractive person or interesting person, and they feel you and they catch you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, and yeah. I'm going to tell you why that's science here in a moment and what how that pertains to the 60 20 20 rule. Um, or you've been thinking about somebody, the phone rings and it's them. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all of that stuff is, and that's just a small piece of it. That's one of the 21 laws of magnetism. Here's what magnetism is. First off, 
um, two magnets are attracted to each other better than a magnet and steel, okay? But so what happens in that scenario and, and, and people, the scenario that I gave you that you look at somebody and they feel you're looking at them, that's just people. But remember, people are made up of the same stuff that everything on the planet is made of. And so if it works for people, it works with everything else as well. What happens in that moment is when you put your attention and intention on somebody else, four things happen. Number one, your energy grows, specifically something called electromagnetic energy. Your energy grows. The second thing that happens is they feel it or it feels it. The third thing that happens is their electromagnetic energy grows. And the fourth thing that happens is magnetism happens and you become drawn towards each other. That is why you look and all those things. Those four things happen automatically, not some of the time, not most of the time, all of the time, depending on the level of interest and attention or intention that you put on that person or that object. And so from the very beginning, and I say the very beginning, from when I read Think and Grow Rich, I didn't know I was doing it then. But the trick is to not just get ourselves excited, but we can magnetize what we want. We can cause something else to be magnetized. We all, every one of us has gone, oh, that person is lucky. Every one of us knows somebody that the ball always seems to bounce in their favor, that they seem to be luckier than others. Well, knowingly or unknowingly, they're putting the 60-20-20 rule in place. And my outcome is always to teach that to people and give them the skill of doing it for themselves. I did not, you know, when I started my business that you're in now and I'm retired from now and still, by the way, get an amazing check from them because that's <laughs> what I said. Um, um, I didn't, you know, it would have been easy for me to go out and stand on a stage in front of the thousands of people that I have, even in those days, was speaking to and go, hey, I have a business opportunity. But I knew that everybody couldn't do that. I, I knew that I had to practice what I preach. I literally, and I'm going to date us. Uh, when I remember putting flyers out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I literally was out putting flyers on cars and, and doing all the things that I knew people in my organization would do. But, my, but the one thing that I did do was I taught them the skill of changing their own psychology. You know, in my, in my groups, I would do that. And then, then everything changed. And so having those things and, and having the ability to magnetize yourself and magnetize other things, having the ability to, and, it, and it's a loop. If you, if you change your psychology and you've got a great psychology, then that's going to affect your energy. And then that's going to affect your magnetism. But you could start anywhere. You could go, if I just change my electricity, move my body and get my electricity going, then that's going to change my magnetism, which is going to do what? It's going to change my psychology. It's a, what's called a cybernetic loop. And part of, you know, I know this is a short, a short thing, but part of what I teach people to do, and, and it's my passion, is to, uh, um, is to not just learn that skill, but practice that skill as well. So this is, this is brilliant stuff, okay? I'm a huge, I'm, first of all, I'm a huge believer in what you're talking about. I, of course, I've always followed your kind of teaching, what you're talking about right there. And uh, I love Bob Proctor. You probably follow yeah, him. He, he I know Bob. that concept. I just love that concept. I love that think and grow rich. And you know, you're like, I, that's why me and you are energized together. I'm just like, this is, oh, this is powerful stuff. And it's like, so people have to listen. And so, so this really does talk, we're talking about how we attract people in our lives, our mate in our life, how we're attracting people in our business. All this is what we're attracting. So if we're attracting bad people in our lives, we have to look at why that's happening, right? It's, is it, is it us that's attracting that? Or are we attracting, because you see some people like you, you come into business and you build it in 22 months. Some people been in 22 years and haven't yeah. attracted good people. Yeah. So, so is that go, I mean, is it something they're just not aware of? Or is it how, you know, when you're looking at that, how would you tell someone's like, this has to change? Well, they know it has to change. Okay. Here's what my personal belief is. Anybody that is not getting what they want, they're already blaming themselves. They're already on some level, when they put their head on that pillow on some level, their psychology goes, there's they, either they ask the question, what's wrong with me? Even if they're the kind of person that they're blaming it on everything, at some, per, at some point they're going, what's wrong with me? Why does this keep happening to me? Why do all this stuff and everything? And as long as they're asking that question, they're going to continue to be that way. Why is what's called an endless loop question. 
if a human being asks the reason why and they don't get an answer that they like or they don't get an answer that they understand or they don't get an answer that uh, makes them feel good, they're gonna ask it again. They're gonna ask it again. And that's, that's why people get caught in that loop. And so remember what I said, if you come into my office and there's a dog in there, the reason I want that dog there is so, so that that person will in that moment is horrified, but that's what they want to change. And so I can interrupt that pattern and create what's called a scotoma, create a blank spot, and then I can fill it up with what they want. But if you, if people don't um, address that, the thing that they fear the most, and what's oftentimes is the ego, then they can't do anything. And I'm, I'm gonna give you a real, real quick example of the methodology, Brad. Okay. Um, so it's something called, and this is super simple. This is just one of one of the techniques, if you will, but you'll, you'll understand why the dog. Have you ever been sitting in your house and um, maybe you're watching a television, you're watching an infomercial and okay. uh, a website or a, tele, or a number comes on and you don't have your phone or you don't have a piece of paper to write something on, but you want that. And you go, I gotta go into the kitchen and get an ink pen. So in that moment, you've got three things going on. You're focused on that number and on ink pen, okay? And okay. Pen paper to write it down. Your brain is saying ink pen, okay? You're, you're feeling urgent that you've gotta do that. But then here's what happens. You stand up and you go into the kitchen and there you are standing in the kitchen going, what the hell did I come in here for? Why did I come in here? It happens to all of us. And what happened in that moment, and this is science, this is psychology. I want everybody to understand because at the very least you can do this and start to change yourself. Three things, four things happen. Number one, when you're in that moment and you stand up and you move your body, you interrupt that pattern, the pattern of focus words and physical body. Your body is held this way. Your brain is focused on that. You're thinking this. But when you stand up and you move your body, the first thing that happens is you're no longer that. The second Got thing it. that happens is that your brain becomes blank. Hmm. You've interrupted that pattern and you create something that's called a scotoma. Scotoma is just a blank spot in the brain. The third thing that happens is that that scotoma becomes a vacuum that scotoma becomes, an, you're, because we can't stand to not know stuff. The human body does not like that. So it's going, what, Get, you know, what, did I, what was I doing? Why, 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 why? <laughs> and so that is a vacuum. The fourth thing is, it's, it's an unbelievable opportunity to fill that vacuum up with something. And so what, you know, very long story short, a simplification of it is, I will have already, before I walk that person in the room with a dog, I will have accessed energy, excitement, enthusiasm, courage, and all of those things through a process that I call anchoring and joy, which is a way that I can, I can trigger that in an instant. So when they walk in and they see the dog, they go into fear, which is the exact pattern they want to change. They go into fear and I will do something. I used to have a uh, uh, air blaster, one of those horns, you know, those, those uh, yeah, 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 really yeah, loud. Uh -huh, yeah, and I'd yeah, have yeah. a glass of water. I'm, I'm radical, right? <laughs> and I blast while they're in their fiercest, I mean, their, their deepest fear, I blast that horn and I throw the glass of ice water on them. Wow. And what happens, and I know this is radical and, yeah. and there's other ways of doing it, by the way, you can do it just by standing up, you do it yourself. But in that moment, they're looking at me and they're going, what the hell did you do that for? Why'd you do that? <laughs> and they're in a scotoma. Yeah. And then I just at that moment, they're not the scared of the dog. They're not scared yeah. of the dog at that and, moment. But, but more specifically, they're not just not scared of the dog. Okay. They, they're the same, like you stand in the kitchen going, what? they're open. And then I get to, because the brain is going, give me something. I want something. And that is when I put in the joy, the, the courage and all those things. You do that enough times, pretty soon, the dog becomes a trigger for them to feel good. Wow. I know that was wow. a lot, but you know, that, no, that was no, but it, one it's of like, the mechanics. Yeah. It's just, it's brilliant how, how we are. And to, you know, of course, that goes to personal development, right? It's really studying ourselves. It's yeah. like, who, who are we? And someone like you is just accelerating that. Who, who you know, uh, interesting you, you say that. I asked Jim Rohn one time. I said, Jim, what is personal development? And Jim, and this is certainly not throwing him under the bus, because Jim is the absolute best. Without Jim, you know, 
he yeah. he looked at me and you, you can't see others you can't see me right now but his eyes were all over his head he's you know he was searching for it and he said uh you know joseph uh, personal development is developing that best side of you or something and it was brilliant what he said and i yeah. don't agree um however when i saw jim unsure of what what personal development is and i have to because i taught at you 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 said this i taught at the university of southern california um i have to be specific and i have to be able to uh to describe things in a way that um that not only people understand but it's backed by science and so i i look for an, a different meaning that includes what he said as well and so and if people want to write this down it's great that is this personal development is rehearsing whom we wish to become hmm. that is so simple and what that means is five years from now you're going to be a different person you know let's just say you 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 know you your outcome is to be a multimillionaire. you know with a great body and a great relationship and all those things well when that day comes you're going to talk differently you're going to walk differently. You're going to wear different clothes. You're going to have, you know, different mannerisms and things like that. And so the part of the trick is, is to look into the future and see and describe who that person is and start doing as much of that now, rehearsing it, rehearsing, you know, in, 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 in life, start talking that way, walking that way, finding other people. You know, that is why this type of business works so well is because, you know, and you're such an unbelievable example of that, Brad, people can look at you and go, I want to, I, I, you know, he's, he's amazing. He, he believes this, he talks this way. And, you know, we talk that way. We, we, we start to believe those things and we start to become that we start to develop into the kind of person that we preconceive that ahead of time we look at. So that, that is what the development process is to me. That's, that's so good. And I love that definition. That's so simple. Okay. Just who you want to become. I mean, it's like at, at the simplest level. Yeah. And like I said, and I think everybody that's probably listening here, you know, they're listening to your talk and you got this Harvard and UC, you know, USC and all this, but when you get down to really training, Joseph, it's simple. Yeah. All that stuff. Simple. You took all that knowledge that you attained all through your life, right? And you put it into, okay, here it is on a platter. You know, it's yeah, like, it's amazing. Yeah. So to, so that everybody can have access. Remember, all the way back in the beginning, my, my mentor, the guy that gave me the book, he, he challenged me. He charged me with helping as many people as I possibly can. Now, what I realized quickly was that, I can't help people if they don't understand things, yeah, yeah. you know? So I had to make it because I didn't understand it at the very beginning. Exactly. I, you know, when I did think I didn't know all of this stuff, I just did the stuff. And so if I can, if I can help people understand on a simple, simple level, not just understand it, but give them very simple things to do, do, to do then to they'll do. start to get the changes. No, that's, that's, that's fine stuff. I don't want to change the subject here, but I, I want to take just a little bit of path because I don't want to keep too much more of your time. But okay, so you come across Tony Robbins' path, and now you share the stage with him, and mm -hmm. it's like that's that's amazing, uh, Joseph. And so, how did that happen? How did that come to be? And kind of tell him what you do with Tony now, and and how yeah. awesome it um, is. Tony is my dear friend. He's my son's godfather. Uh, we've been working together for, like you said, close to three decades now. And how I met Tony was um, I went to one of his seminars uh, in 88. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry, 86. And I went because um, I was overwhelmed. I, I uh, was still in school. I was doing all those things that I said as well. And I didn't had, I had no idea who he was. I had no idea what he did. And um very long story short, I went to the seminar and there were less than 300 people there. And um, I went in there and I wasn't, I'll be honest with you, Brad, I was not in a great way. I was not in a great state um, because I had so many overwhelming things going on in my life and didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and one of the guys, one of his crew came up and started talking to me. And he said, you know, and, and he was a real nice guy, real big guy. He started talking and he said, and he said, you know, why are you here? And I go, well, you know, I heard that this guy, you know, uh, helps you get over some of your stuff. 
And again, I'd already been studying psychology, but I didn't really know why I was there. And he goes, well, you're going to have a good time. He says, you know, this guy, he's, he's really nice. And, he, and, and I remember thinking to myself, Brad, that this Tony Robbins guy really trains his people well. Yeah. Because, because this guy really, you know, he's helping me, helping me feel better and everything. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you know, you don't have to agree to everything, but just listen, you know, that kind of thing. And so the guy, he said, well, I got to go. And because uh, quite honestly, when I got there, I was ready to leave because people were jumping around and dancing <laughs> and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, no. Uh, so the guy goes, well, listen, you know, you seem like a nice guy, you know, let's, let's stay in touch. And I said, yeah, you know, later. And this was, again, this was 86. So, uh, so that guy walks over, steps up on the stage and it was Tony. And he, you know, and I, first off, I was wow. laughing because he took the time to come and talk to me. Oh my goodness. Now, later on, I said to him, you know, as we got to be friends, uh, I, I said to him, why did you come talk to me? Because I thought he came to talk to me because I was the only black person in the audience. <laughs> and he goes, no, he said, I came to talk to you because of your energy. And he says, you can tell. And he says, you're going to be able to tell later about other people's energy. And he just seemed like a good person. And that was the beginning of a friendship. I, I did not start working with him for another two years after that, uh, because I was in, still in the, in the height of my, my music uh, career. And, um, uh, but we became friends and I would, uh, one of the things that impressed me was I saw him as, you know, cause I have, I have a traditional um, formal education, if you will. But he was doing something called neuro linguistics at the time. And I watched him take somebody that would have taken me a couple of years to get over that phobia. He did it in, in a matter of an hour and I was hooked. Wow. And so that's when I started learning that. And then since then, um, uh, what I do with him now is I'm the senior head trainer for that organization and have been for a long time. Um, we have um, several several day seminars. I have my own seminars and workshops, as you know, as well. But what I do with him is he has uh, a couple seminars, like one of them, uh, the Unleash the Power Within, which is the one that you're familiar with. Yes. He, he, he speaks for two days and I speak for two days. And um, we, our largest audience, you should know this, uh, I, or you shouldn't, but um, you want to know this, is our largest audience to date, we uh, just did it uh, virtual now was 45,000 people. Wow. 45,000 wow. people virtually. It was the largest Zoom ever. Pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. So, okay, so you just, he, he talked to you there. I mean, how did you, and going right back to your 60-20-20, that was 60-20-20. He says, I like your energy. You just said it. I mean, wow. I mean, he just walks up to you. He loved your energy, which started this. So how did you go to the next level? It's like, hey, Tony, I, I want to well, the stage with you. How did how did that happen? No, well, here, here's, he's a smart guy. He's a super, <laughs> super smart guy. He had asked me before if I'd want to come work for him. A, I didn't want a job. B, I, didn't, I never want to work for my friend. And C, I was a musician. I was <laughs> a musician. I don't want to do this. But when my mom got sick, um. Uh, and I'll never forget this because we were we were friends, and he had invited me to Fiji. Uh, he has a yeah, resort yeah. there, and and we were over there, and I was uh, in the in the midst of having to make a decision, and I go, you know, I, music has been my passion, and blah blah blah, and I go, but you know, I got to do something different. And he said to me, he goes, Joseph, sometimes when you don't get your dream, you get your destiny. And I remember thinking in that moment, and I did, I told him, that's all you got, really? You know, come on, you got to do better than that. But I went back to my, my little hut there, and I got to thinking about it, and it was true. Because um, at the time, I was already 36 years old, which is an old musician for, for being in, jumping in the business, because uh, I was just getting started. And I realized it wasn't the money, it wasn't the fame, it's just the music. I get to play music all I want. And so I realized an, another thing, and you know, I'll cross this line and, and, and tell you, when uh, those men tried to take my life because of the color of my skin back when I was younger, one of the things that I realized was I, I, didn't, I didn't hate them. I, didn't ha I hated what they did, but I didn't hate them. You know, that's the way I was raised. But guess what? I hated myself it, because it wasn't even, the beating was bad but it was the things they said to me about me 
that made me, you know, I, I heard those words over and over again. And I realized that um, the things that they said, to some extent, um, were true in being a black person in America. Yeah. And I realized that um, I had to get above that. I had to rise above my own psychology. But who was the deal, Brent? My black friends would come to me because, I, like I said, I got into real estate and started doing things, started doing well for myself. My black friends would always come to me and they'd go, Joseph, you know, what are you doing? You know, teach us, teach us. And I would say the same things. I read these books. I go to these seminars. I listen to these people. Jim Rohn was one of them. <laughs> and oftentimes their comment back to me was, well, we can't trust those white people. We, we, we can't relate to them, you know? And I, you know, I would go, what difference does it make? We're all the same stuff. And I realized that, and it wasn't everybody, by the way, it was just some yeah, people. And yeah. so I thought to myself, again, wanting to help as many people as I possibly can. And when I go to Tony's seminars, sometimes I was the only black person there, most of the time. And, yeah. you know, fewer than three to 5%. And so I went to Tony and I said, look, you know, I know your heart and, and all these things. And I told him the story of what I just said. And I said, let's write a book together. And I said, I'll write the book. And, um, you know, I, I want to bring this information to the black community. And he said, that's a great idea. And um, so, but he's a smart guy. He said, okay. He says, I'll write the book with you. Because by the way, I didn't have a name. I didn't have anything. I didn't, you know, he'd already been, he already had one book that was a bestseller. And so he says, but you uh, come work with me. And he says, we'll write the book together. You know, you know, he said, you write the book, you know, and um, and I'll lend my name to it and you come work with me. And I go, I'm not going to work for you. And he goes, no, you come work with me. Oh, wow. And he yeah. said, and, and in this capacity, he says he was starting to build up a, a team of trainers. And he said, uh, you um, manage the trainers and you teach the trainers and all those things and everything. And I said, great. Okay. So I said, I'll give you, I think, three years to do that. He said, okay, great. So we wrote the book. It's over my shoulder here. It's called Unlimited Power of Black Choice. It became a New York Times bestseller in 96. Wow. Uh, and um, and I, that's how I started working with him. But I was never on stage. I was behind the scenes training the trainers and, and doing things. And I went to every event. That was my gig. And um, right around when I met you, Brad, right as I came into this business, um, was at the end of that three years. And I said, uh, okay, I'm done. But some fate stepped in, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I say <laughs> fate, but you know, my whole my whole attitude about magnetizing. Uh, and that is one night he called me up and he says, Joseph, I can't go on stage tomorrow. I need you to go on stage. And I go, oh, wow. that ain't gonna wow. happen. That ain't gonna happen. A, I don't know the material. B, I've never done this. And uh, he said, well, you know, I, I'll get my team to prep you. You got to do it. And I said, okay. So I went to do it. But here's the thing, Brad. And I was ready to go. Now, if you've ever seen Tony on stage, you fall in love with him. And he's an amazing, amazing guy, amazing speaker. So um, the next morning I go out on stage and I was expecting people to love me as much as they loved him. And it was in Australia. And if you've ever been to Australia, I know you have. They're, yeah. they're, they're pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. And so I go on stage and I go, good morning. You know, I'm Joseph. You know, Tony couldn't make it. So I'm going to be here today. And they started getting up and booing and walking out of the room. Oh, my gosh. Flipping me off. Just saying, we didn't come here for you. You know, that kind of thing. And in that moment, I, and I'm, I default to this now. I knew that they're in an unresourceful pattern. And anytime a pattern shows up, that means to interrupt that pattern. And I'm giving you this story real quick. But as they were walking out in mass, by the way, I, and I got the microphone, right? I said, hey, stop where you are right now, which interrupts their pattern. And I go, I know what you're thinking. I know exactly what you're thinking. You're judging me right now. And I did it with intensity. And I said, you're looking at me right now. And you're thinking to yourself, we didn't expect this. We didn't come to pay for this. And you were expecting a six foot seven white guy. <laughs> and now you got a five foot nine black guy. And you're <laughs> judging me right now. And you're looking at me and you're thinking, look at him. Look at him. And I got this look on my face. And then I go, 
he's amazing. Oh my God, look at him. He's amazing. He's smart. And I got him to laugh. Now, what I did was I interrupted their pattern and I put joy in, in that moment. I go, I know how you feel. And I did some other processes and I said, come on and sit down. You know, I'm, I'm upset that he's here. He's gone as well, but here's what I'm going to do. And I'm, here's who I am and blah, blah, blah. And I got him to sit down and I got him to pay attention. And that got to be that as a matter of fact, after that, Tony goes, listen, why don't you do that day from here on out? Wow. And that was my introduction to doing what I do now. You know, long story short, but that's where I started doing it. And from there, I did that day and then more uh, for the for the past for you the, know, almost three decades. That reminds me, when you said that, I mean, it's different. It reminds me of that Les Brown. You heard the Les Brown story, right? When yes, yes. Les that reminds me, and that started clicking in my head when you're talking. It's yeah. like you had your moment. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing how you use that technique, which you just gave us that technique, how to interrupt a pattern. Yeah. And how you interrupt. I mean, that's, that's a serious, like you said, they're mass walking out, they're upset, they're mad. And you were able to interrupt that replaced it with humor. Mm -hmm. Humor I mean, and what I call positive expectancy, because I told them, here's what's going to happen today. Here's yeah. what you're going to get today. Here's what I'm going to give to you today. You know, and this works so great in sales, so many things. I mean, I can use that right there, Joseph, yeah. so many things in so many situations, I could use that. It's just yeah. that's brilliant stuff. And, and it's like, no, this has been great. It's been, it's been an hour now. So this has been great, Joseph. And so appreciate it. We could sit here for the next two hours. <laughs> and so it talk and, and you're just so grateful, you know, you know, not only what, you, what, you know, this hour that you gave us, but what you've done for the world, 5 million people and the residual impact on that. Cause like you said, the 5 million people has turned into probably a hundred million people mm -hmm. just as it goes across, as it goes across. And, you know, we don't have to talk about, we don't have time to talk about the six human needs, but I know you could talk all day about that. And you're definitely are taking care of your human needs and mm -hmm. watching we you all, and, we all are all the time, all the time. It's just so awesome to watch you. And when you, you know, I know everybody can't see you as you talk, but you're just so passionate and you can just tell when you start talking, you just get in that mode yeah, and you're yeah. just, you just, you're there. I mean, it's like you're on stage second day with Tony, you know what I mean? You're, you're on it and uh, appreciate you so much. Appreciate you jumping on here. Uh, if people want to reach out to you or do you want to say that, or is there anything, there's a website they can go to or that I like to do. And first of all, thank you so much. And thank you. You know, if you're listening to me, thank you for the, the gift of your time and your energy, everybody. I don't take that lightly. And um, one of the things that I do regularly, you can follow me on uh, Instagram because I, I post a video at least once a day where I, I do, I teach some stuff and I give some examples and things like that. And you can find me at I am Joseph McClendon. Okay. I am Joseph McClendon. Or you can go to my website, um, uh, josephmcclendon.com. Okay. And um uh you know other than that you know you, you know there's lots of stuff there's some resources there I like to give stuff away uh but here's here's all i ask of of anybody of everybody and i'm not looking for the credit i'm not looking for the accolades i'm not looking for the glory and that is when you learn something whatever it is whether it's from me whether it's from brad or anybody else teach it to somebody else it doesn't mean that you have to do like what we're doing here but you can literally just go hey i heard this the other day you know, I learned this the other day and just share it with other people. You, you know, you know, again, my name doesn't have to be in there anywhere. You can just say, you know, I heard this crazy guy talking or <laughs> you know, I read this or whatever, because three things happen. Number one, when you teach is when you you turn knowledge into action and power. Number two, it becomes part of your belief system when you teach it to somebody else. And then number three, you change the dynamics of, uh, of the processional effect and goes out and then because you never know a word that you say might change somebody else's life. And so I, you know, my saying is, is that those of us that dare to dream while the rest of the world is having a nightmare, we're not only going to attract and bring into our lives the abundance that we want, that's a given. But more specifically, we are going to become beacons of possibility for other people. And that is how we change people's lives. It's not going to be, you know, politicians and our government and things like that that changes lives. It's going to be brave people like ourselves that have, have the willingness to open our mouths, our mouths 
and talk to other people and share other people uh, that change things. One last thing, and I want everybody to do this. Please, you know, you don't have to follow me, but go to Instagram and go to my Instagram and and scroll back and you'll see a video that I made on there that proves everything that I'm just talking about, especially with sound. Uh, it's it's uh, I'm in my music studio and I do something to show people that the words that come out of our mouths, the sounds that come out of our mouths affect other things mm. physically. It, it'll blow you away. There's so many things on there. Uh, and then lastly, I'll say this, is that life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold. Mm. And so the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to be magnificent, dare to do it every single day. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate you. you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. And, uh, you know, and everybody do what he just said, go to his Instagram, follow him. I've been doing that since I talked to you last week, Joseph. So it's been a pleasure. So guys go follow Joseph. Uh, he's a blessing. You got so much to give to you. So thank you again, Joseph. Okay. My pleasure, Greg. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you could think of anyone who would like to listen to this or use this, please share on your social media or text them. We would greatly appreciate that. And a final thought. There's a proverb that says, if you continually give, you will continually have. It's a perfect formula for building a significant team and a significant life. Remember, your legacy is not about what you acquire. It's about what you leave behind. Let's go have a legacy mindset.